The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast for a comedy writer. That's me. And it's... What? Oh my gosh! Two weeks in a row! You just knock over everything in your office when I'm trying to record a simple introduction. Now, people don't even know what the name of this podcast is. They don't know my name. They don't know your name. And you know what? We're not going to go back. We're not going to explain it. The title is probably on the file, and if it started playing randomly, we're just going to let him live in rip mystery. So, all right. Don't un- let me ruin this. Unknown person, how are you doing today? Oh, my God. I, I, don't, I will not be shamed by James Breakwell, first of all. Yes, And second of all, will, I'm Steve doing just fine, sir. All right, Steve. Well, here's our question <laughs> for this week, which, unlike you, is not a total mess. All right, here it is. My boss transferred me to another department, so I am now under a new boss, parentheses, his wife, and she clearly does not like me. This week I start reporting to her. She already labeled me and had a long meeting saying I'm not a team player, which isn't true at all. Twice since since then she had confronted me for having attitude issues. My colleagues and I talk to each other, make jokes, so, so, so uh, many inside jokes as well. We hang out after working hours, and we all help each other out. I work in such harmony with my colleagues. For me, we really are a dream team. My colleagues also have the same issue with the boss. They all told me they've had the talk from her before. With my previous boss, he gave me a lot of freedom to get things done. Whereas the new boss likes to micromanage and needs to know all the tiniest details. I have no idea how to face her and handle working for her. Um, given that I, okay, so, so what, do, what do you have to say about that, Steve? What should she do in this situation? I, <clears throat> she left out a critical piece of information, which was my first question if she was sitting in front of me. Okay, let me set this up differently. It seems like the way she worded the question to us is she wants us to believe that the boss, her old boss's wife is a bit of a shrew. For whatever reason, she's just either shrewish in general, or maybe she feels threatened by this. Uh, the letter writer somehow is taking something unrelated out on the re- letter writer. And um, <clears throat> the piece of information that's left out is how did those two meetings about attitude issues go? Because if you walk into that meeting thinking you've got it out for me, you don't really listen to what is being explained to you. And you may not take in the feedback. Now, I'm not ruling out that the boss's wife is just a shrew. Like, that's always a possibility. But as I kind of scan through my head of what else could be going on here, obviously, if everyone has an issue with her, it's sort of like if you meet a jerk, uh, you might be the jerk. But if, (laughs) wait a minute, how does this go? If everyone you meet is a jerk, you're the jerk. If uh, you meet one person, it might be that they're the jerk. And this woman might be just a shrew. But I want to know, are there specific pieces of feedback that are levied to the letter writer that might be useful in her development as a person or as an employee. Because the other possibility exists that the two bosses, because they're husband and wife, they're sort of taking on parenting roles with their underlings, their employees, whereas one might be too permissive and the other one too restrictive. And so if everyone 
Let's say the boss is divorced and the kids go to dad's house and it's like Disneyland. Dad lets them drink Hershey's syrup right out of the bottle. They eat Pop-Tarts, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They watch TV till 3 a.m. They wake up in an insulin coma. They go back to mom's house and mom makes them clean their room and fold their laundry. Well, mom's going to be labeled as the hateful parent. And all the kids' anger is going to be taken out on that parent. Well, that's not real fair if one has to be the one who swings the hammer because the other one never swings a hammer. So the the, um, <clears throat> the possibility exists, and this is where the letter writer will have to take a look in the mirror and do a little soul searching of, was the old boss too permissive? And so just by virtue of giving a lot of freedom and a lot of uh, perks and tchotchkes, like was sort of buying the affection of the employees, but the wife is the one who gets stuff done. Like she's the one that's organizing and uh, she's the one that makes sure everyone snaps to and pays attention and tucks in their shirts and sits up straight. Like, there is a role for a boss like that. That can't be your only boss or you end up just having a lot of conflict. But I do think there's little bits and pieces that you can take out of her point of view. So when you have that, you have an attitude problem meeting next time. If you're asking for my advice, I would say ask for specific instances of where the boss, the, the woman boss, feels like you have been insubordinate, either through attitude or through action. And uh, pay attention to what she says, and your initial reaction will be, well, screw you anyway. But absorb a little bit of it. Take away and just chew on it for a while and think, is this something that is actually accurate? at least on some level. And can I make some adjustments that will help me even if I have to leave this job because I can't take the boss anymore because she might be accurate with some of her feedback, but she's too much of a shrew for me to deal with long-term. But take those little bits and pieces away because some of that might be valuable in helping you in the future. Now, what say you, James Breakwell? I am too cynical for even the internet, and I've said this before, and it's never a popular sentiment with any other human being but me, but I don't necessarily believe in personal improvement. I don't think you wake up <laughs> and you go through the day and you go to bed better than when you woke <clears throat> up. You just, that there's this linear character arc, like you're, a, like you're a character in a novel, just, you know, building it and becoming better and more wholesome and all of this. I mean, you might develop a skill, you might end up, you know, you might go to bed a better welder or a better draftsman or a better artist, but overall, your personality is probably your personality and that's about it. So do these talks with, with bosses about you need to be a better person or improve your attitude, do, do they make a difference? Probably not. But it's part of the grander scheme of things that work is jumping through hoops. And some of those hoops help you get more work done. And some of those hoops are just so you can keep your job. And it sounds like with this lady, most of the hoops are, get you know, the kind where you keep your job and perform to keep her happy rather than, than the part where it actually makes you productive at what you're supposed to do. Uh, so ultimately, I, I wouldn't worry too much about your attitude. If you've been employed for a, few, for a while, if the other boss is happy with you, I'm sure there's not some terrible character flaw there that makes you unemployable, at least not in a way that, you know, they can discover that quickly. Uh, I think you just have to balance out how annoying is this boss to work for versus all the other perks of, of, a jo of the job. It's just like anything. you got to go with the pros and cons list. Is, is what you're doing so fulfilling that you want to stay there for, despite the annoyances from the top? Are your coworkers so wonderful 
people that you want to stay there despite the annoyances from the top. Because every job you go to, no matter how wonderful, is going to have goods and bad, good and bad qualities. And if you jump ship and you go to do something else saying, I can't put up with this boss, I'm going someplace else, you could end up right back in the same spot. Because you know you don't know that your your boss is somebody who micromanages and you can't tolerate until you've been there a while. Like it, it, There really is no other way other than first-hand experience to figure out what you can and can't put up with. So it sounds like this change has been not for that long. Um, it sounds like you got, got along with the other boss well enough. I would, if I were you, I would stick it out and just see how things go. It could be that this boss is just testing you and trying to figure out what you'll take and what you can't. It could be they're pushing you to see how far it is. And it could be they just, you know, you have a personality difference and it's never going to uh, going to line up all the way. Either way, I would caution you uh, that, that, you know, switching things and changing up and running away doesn't always solve all your problems, especially in employment. And if you're one of those people who changes jobs every year or two, maybe it doesn't matter, you know, anyway. But if this is a job you really stand, uh, plan to stay with a long time, stick with it and see how it goes. And who knows, you could end up getting transferred out or promoted out so you're not even under this person, or they could end up transferred out or promoted out. I mean, everything in the workforce is temporary on one level or another. So uh, so that's my vote. I vote for inertia. Stay put, see what you can tolerate, and uh, <laughs> jump, jump through those hoops to stay employed. I am a big fan of not getting fired. I w- the, the one thing you said that I've been thinking about the whole time you've been talking, and not that I don't listen to you in general. <laughs> I mean, that is true. Cats but, out of the uh, bag. Certainly not the only reason. But when you said uh, character, your character doesn't change. And I think, um, I think it does, but it's not a meteor strike, something that changes you whole hog in the moment. And uh, just to say, I'm not the same person at 52 as I was at 22. Now, there are pieces of me that are the same, but I have uh, I've just got a little life under my belt. My character didn't change a lot in a moment. It's more gradual. There's little bits and pieces that get incorporated in subtle ways along the along the timeline. And uh, those little bits and pieces can only have an impact on you if you're open to accepting that you aren't right all the time. And uh, the more important the person is in your life, the more willing you are to accept their feedback. If Lola said something to you, you'll pay attention to it more than if someone barked it at you in the post office parking lot. Like you're more likely to just uh, flip the person off and keep going. But if Lola says, hey, pay attention to this next time, you'll sort of sit back and digest that. And so that's why I say always be open to feedback from employers or employees. Like don't dismiss it right off the cuff because you think the person is a jerk. Like they may have something that in the long run can benefit you. Very true. And actually, I had a, a chapter in my in the latest draft of a book I just finished. I sent in it with it was along the same idea of if you don't necessarily change. And I, I was actually what I said in there was close to what you just said. You know, over time, you do change. You're not the same person in your 50s that you were in your teens. But I would argue that the person you are in your 50s isn't necessarily better than the person you are in your teens. If you took your 50 year old brain and put it back in your teenage body, you would you would fail because what at your teenage body and your teenage personality was adapted for teenage you you know, teenage circumstances and teenage stakes. And if you were a 50-year-old mind and a 16-year-old body, you would have zero friends. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things yeah, that was, everyone would hate you. Yeah, you're not really better at 50 or 60 than you are at 15 or 20. It's just you're adopted to a totally different set of life circumstances. Like my, my grandma, I loved her before she passed away. She was 95 and she told it like it was. She just get, told it to you straight, didn't care who she pissed off. And it was hilarious. But she could do that because she was 95 years old and retired and she didn't need to keep a job. Like I can't do that at 34. 
before. And there's a difference that acting like a 95-year-old woman really wouldn't be good for me at this point in my life, even if I might enjoy it. So you have to take yeah, those lights. It's unavoidable for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll always I'll always be your 95-year-old woman, Steve. I'll, I'll be here to give it to you straight. <laughs> Well, if you have a question you'd like to send in to us, it can be, uh, it doesn't have to be a marriage question. It can be employee, boss, it can be parent, child, it can be parent, pet, two platonic friends, whatever you have. Send that into Exploding Unicorn. I'm sorry, send that into James Breakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's Exploding Unicorn with the E. And we will do our best to solve your issues as fast as we can. This has been another episode of 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back.